Welcome. To Arcade Audio. And his face lost all expression. Said if you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? I hope you're doing fine. I'm doing fine myself. I didn't have anything. I should have waited and like, if they're listening, be like, I'm doing good. And like, we have a little conversation. It would have been cute. It would have been nice. It would have been neat. Yeah, but you fucked it up. Yeah, I just was stream of consciousness and I don't have any idea what's going on anymore <laughs> in my life. Yeah, from yeah that's day. accurate. Yes. It is May 18th, 2022. If you're new here, we own a lot of movies, and we watch a random one, and then we talk about that movie, and we also talk about our lives, we talk about whatever just comes up in about an hour of our life together as a married couple. And we hate every second of it. Uh, yeah. Are you talking about just the marriage in general, or like this podcast? Both. Oh, yeah. yeah All yeah, inclusive. 100%. Yeah. Uh, been a busy time. Busy, yeah, busy time for not us. Not really. Um, Should we let the cat out of the bag? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> well, fuck you, people. Uh, if you know, you know. Um, no, we, we've been we've been talking about some things and we're, we're being a little Just superstitious, moving along, moving along uh, in our our home that is that is currently under contract to be sold. And um, other but things not are sold yet. not sold yet because this lady's financing hopefully won't fall. Why do you have to voice it? From, Why do you have to voice it? Because the fact of the matter, if I just like let it out in the ether, and then it's like, then it's what? Like, God, what else could happen? Like that could happen, and a meteor could hit our house. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh! <laughs> the moon was pretty fucking crazy last night. I oh was outside, great, yeah. Cool. Outside, just talking to former guests of the show, uh, uh, best friend Andrew Zangry. And um, I was just sitting there. I was like, man, the moon's fucking cool. Also cool. It's looking in our window. Hey, I'm the moon. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Moonlight is as the moon sometimes. Hey, what's going on? It's been a while. Beetlejuice. Hey, how's it going? It's going good? Going all right? It's going great. Cool. Yep. Well, it's different. What happened? Long story. I got time. You got time? I, I got all the time. I'm dead. I'm Beetlejuice. I got all the time in the world I want. Don't you have someone to go haunt? Not in the moment. If if you were listening to this and you want uh, an exorcism, a bio-exorcism, then give me a call. I'll eat anything you want me to eat. I'll choke on a thing you want me to choke. I'll even spit on a dog. I actually got through that at time. Normally, I like the burpees. Isn't that like a thing? What are burpees? Burpees, burpees are an exercise that you do, but you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Excuse me. I'm phenomenal shape. Look at these abs. There's another person there in my hand. <laughs> There's abdominal muscles. I was ripped out of a human being's stomach. I, yep. I don't know how to respond to that. That was dark. You, you ask him, well, you should be impressed. Not really. Why not? Have you ever done that? No, exactly. I've had my abs ripped apart. How? From inside because I gave birth to a child. Oh, that's not, I've done that too. It's not that bad. 
Have you ever tried doing it out of your butt? You know that they say it's like pooping. Yeah. Giving birth. The worst thing, worst thing I've ever done in my life is I took one shit one time where I was like, oh boy. You know what came out of that shit? You? Nope. Yes, again. A baby? Nope, yes, one more time, so I haven't answered funny enough to say something yet. Yes, one more time. Um, reindeer. Nope, close. So, 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 so close. Rich Camelucci. Nope, <laughs> you're closer, though. <laughs> funny. One more time. Jim Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Um, we also just waste a lot of time on this show. Just yeah, a little bit. Bullshitting. Uh, you go wherever the, the, the wind takes you. I was gearing up to say that things have been crazy, but despite the craziness, we finally took the opportunity to go to the cinema and saw a double feature. Double next, feature! Next week we'll have another movie to talk about, but until then we'll talk about the double feature we watched with Jillian last Saturday. First, we, along with most of America... I went to go see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We sure did. And we both very much enjoyed it. I, I dug it. I dug it. I especially love the part of the movie where... <laughs> you bitch. Uh, yeah, it was very, very good. Uh, the original Doctor Strange is probably like my bottom five MCU movies, just not for me. I think that's... I think that's a common thing. Like, whenever I'm like, oh, hey, what's your favorite Marvel movie? No one ever says Yeah, no Doctor one says Doctor Strange. Strange. Although, and this one's still not a favorite, but I definitely... I don't know if I'd probably put it around the middle. You know? I think that I enjoyed it a lot more because we tried really hard to keep up with everything that Marvel did. Sure. Um, like all the TV shows, mm-hmm. everything like that. We still haven't finished Moon Knight, and we've still not watched Eternals. I know. Like I said, we tried really yeah. hard to keep up with everything. Miss um, Marvel starts soon. The She-Hulk trailer is out. It's just... There is going to be a point where it's going to be nut cut in time, and we're just going to have to like skip stuff or miss stuff. It's just going to have to happen. Yeah, well, I'm, or delay it like we've done with uh, Moon Knight and the Eternals. Yeah. But well, I really Moon Knight because I don't enjoy Moon Knight. Well, and Eternals, I, just, I did not I just, seek out because everyone says it's garbage. I so. just love the interconnectivity. I think it yeah. just—it's just such an epic, and I love it. Um, and. You know, Scarlet Witch, one of my favorites. I think mm-hmm. I've talked about that many times before. Um, and i so excited because we did take Jillian to see this movie. The first, like, horror movie in the MCU, like, by genre. Yeah. No, legitimately. Like, yeah. it's categorized as a horror movie. And so, you know, we took Jillian to it. We were a little worried about, about it because she is only five and a half. But she dug it. Mm-hmm. She fine. really, really wants to see... All of them, because she's a big fan. She she knows Captain Marvel. I mean, she knows all the characters. She knows all the point. characters, and she knows, you know, all the movies. Like, we watch Avengers all the time, like, on TV and stuff, and so she wants to start watching them all from the beginning, so I'm super excited. So, looking forward to it. We're getting there. We're getting We're there. Getting Slowly there. but surely. Can't wait. Uh, then we went and had a little lunch, came back to the theater, Yo, watch. shout out. I was going to say that. Shout out to, to Crystal. Crystal at the at Orlando Friendlies. Friendlies. If you have a Friendlies in your neighborhood, go to it. Because I guarantee you there's a woman that's waiting tables there that's been doing it for 37 years like Crystal. But, she, man, I must say, she was great. She, she made was great. her experience 
So much she held my daughter's was. hand on the way to bringing us to our booth. She insisted we take a picture with her at the end of the meal. It was, it, but it, it was. It took great. her a little too long to get me my refill of water. It was a great time. <laughs> it was a great time. We had fun. The food was was great. It was great, yeah. Friendlies, um, friendlies is the shit. Go check out your friendlies. But you it was, it was great. It was, it was, it was just. It, it made it really pleasant and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Right and in. Ma- oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that we made our way back. Yeah, right into keeping the enjoyable up for the sequel to what we watched last week. Checked out Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and the train, the fun train kept right around and rolling, because we both really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I, enjoyed it. I would say it would probably be equal to Sonic 1 for me, and that I there was things about it that I didn't like as much. I thought it was a little bit too long, mm. um, and very much had like the sequelitis of you know separating things, just kind of going off on like some tangents and stuff. But liked the addition of Knuckles. Loved the addition of uh, Knuckles. Thought thought it was. You keep getting them checks, Idris. El- Shout out to Idris Elba. I said last week, Black Christopher Walken doesn't say no to anything. As he shouldn't. Yeah. As he shouldn't. Um, but I thought action was still good. I thought yeah. it was still a, a, a great fun time. Yep, I agree. Tails was another like having like building like the Sonic mythology that I know about. Like having things yeah. that I know. Happen in Sonic, and they're still building towards more. I, I, mean, like, I was reading, I was like, there's great. literally on YouTube, sometimes I'll, I'll go back and I'll watch, or I guess listen to like the reaction videos that people put when yeah, they go yeah. to see like Infinity War, Endgame, Spider Man, you know, and it's just like, like, like queued up, like the music in it. There's that for Sonic the fucking Hedgehog too, because of some of the, po- the post credit scene and even like some of the stuff in the movie. Like it was wild. It was like people are just as excited for this I mean, as. You know, MCU movies. Because they did such a good job of, of of bringing that world to life, essentially, with a lot of the, the noises and, like, the locations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and it's like when you hear you're going to get, like, a, what are some of the games that... Uh, Games that they turned into movies. Oh, well, they already did Battleship. Right. Like, they're apparently like, doing, like, life and operation. Yeah, and, like... You know, they're I doing mean, Ouija. Yeah. yeah, but, like... Come on, right? Yeah. Like, like it, it's loosely based off of this, but this, like, you really brought it to life, and so, um, yeah. I, I talk, And you know what? Shout out to James Marsden. We've been calling him a cuck this whole time. The cuckiest cuck, but you know what? He got top billing over Jim Carrey for this movie, so well, he's doing something right. Well, because I think what happens is, a lot of times, like, same thing, well, not with this movie. There's two things that happen with the and credit. But it wasn't an and credit. It was in the credits. Well, the, the credits, the credits. The cast, I'm talking about the bill, like billing. There's was, a, there's a difference between credits and billing. And he was credited first. Yeah, he was credited and billed first because bigger stars sometimes have that and because it's special. Same thing with you. Remember, watch uh, watch Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. And they're doing those credits. There was like five or six actors that have it in their contracts and the writers that they're not just part of the script. It's like with Gwyneth Paltrow and this person with that and featuring like it's all fucking political bullshit. So that's but good on you, James Marsden got first. What are you, James Marsden? You're a millionaire who's in been in multiple projects. Fucking. Uh, <laughs> who's the cuck now? Exactly, cucked you again. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that was our weekend. Uh, like I said, next episode we'll have another movie. We're going to go out. Uh, my mom's coming over for a makeup Mother's Day weekend, so we're going to go check out another movie uh, with the family this weekend. Um, and we'll You guys going to hear a lot of opinions on animated children's movies. Oh, for the forever. Forever. Yeah. From this day forward. 
to... Until she's old enough to sit in between us and watch Richard Jewell. <laughs> Which... Uh, so again, I, I mentioned I talked to Andrew's Angry last oh, night. I gotta piss my pants. For about an hour. And like, I, I was telling him, you know, he's, he's in Portland, so he's three hours behind. So we have to like, coordinate a phone call to make sure it makes sense. I was like, hey, we're watching a movie, so when the movie's done... So he called, and like the movie was a little longer than I anticipated. So I'm like, hey, sorry, movie's running a little over. I'll, you know, we'll do this afterwards. We got talking like five or ten minutes, and I was talking about, you know, how busy we were, and we went to go to the theaters, and like it's hard enough for us to watch movies. And he goes, oh, yeah, what'd you watch? I go, fuck, I was going to have this be a whole thing when we started. I, we were watching Richard Jewell, and he's bust out laughing. He's like, why? And I'm like, because I'm an asshole who bought it on Black Friday for like four bucks, and of course we randomly drew it out of like 2,000 fucking movies. So here we are. We watched Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell. Samantha, here's the package. Stop doing whatever you're doing on your phone and do your fucking job on the podcast. Thank you very much. Okay. <clears throat> Richard Jewell. The world. Nope, the that's world. one right there. What? <laughs> you said world. The world. That's you how say, I say world. You say, you say some words just ridiculous. Because I grew up as an American in a family of English people. Well, fucking, you're 35. Figure it out. The world will know his name and the truth, based on the true story of the 1996 Atlanta Games bombing. That's one. Okay, that's one. A must-watch, powerful film, says Fox TV. That's great. And Um, that's your... What? You've heard them before? It's not Fox News. It might as well be, but you know. Directed by Clint Eastwood and based on true events... (laughs) That's not fair. Sorry. That's not fair. Sorry. That's not fair. Okay, sorry. I couldn't help myself. No, you have to give me a second to <laughs> recompose myself. Then. If you're laughing, it's fine. Because like, <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah. Okay, you it's can't like we're playing it. sex FL on Podswoggle. Okay, you, la- you can't sorry. hold that against me if I'm sorry. laughing. Yeah, if you're laughing. Because that was really as long good. You, as long as you say the words right, you're fine. Well, no, that's not fair because I may mess it up because you made me laugh. You're good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Jewell tells the story of the security guard who discovers a bomb at the 1996 Atlanta Games and takes swift, heroic action, saving countless lives. But in a turn of events, he becomes the FBI's number one suspect, vilified by the press and public alike. Featuring an all-star ensemble cast, including Sam Rockwell, Kathy Bates, John Hamm, Olivia Wilde, and Paul Walter Hauser. Is that right? Is it Hauser or Hazer? It's right, but you stuttered. This is one of the most intriguing and powerful movies of the year, says Us Weekly. It's only one. Ow! <laughs> My kneecap! Fine, I'll give you that one because, because I fucked you, you up. Because you fucked me up. Why? Because I just went, so I just went, <laughs> for Clint Eastwood? <laughs> I was doing it last night on yeah, the Yeah, it was why. really yeah. funny. The timing of that was really good, Chris. Yeah. Um, I was hoping you said it again because I was going to do it again. Kudos to you. Uh, no, that, that, then it would have been null and void. So before we get into like, the movie, I want to ask like kind of a, a Oh, qu- no. What? Oh, no, what? We're, we're tied. tied. Oh, yeah, we're tied, baby. We're tied. Uh, I want to ask a question about, I think we've maybe t- tackled this with another, like, true Have you life. ever been to Atlanta and the Coca-Cola? Thank <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> Is that the question? No. Oh. Dick. That was a Jeopardy question. There. It was like a $400 question. It's like, oh, how many people know Coca-Cola's world is in Atlanta? Um, but we might have talked about this on another podcast before about, like, 
as a kid, like, remembering, like, like mm-hmm. real life, like, true mm-hmm. events, uh, particularly, like, when we're going back and watching movies for them. Do you remember this? And do you remember, like, what a big deal, like, do you remember feeling, like, what a big deal this was? We would have been nine. Well, I was ten. What, when did this happen? Summer? It's summer. So you were about so, to yeah, be ten. Yeah, I was about to be yeah. ten. Uh, absolutely not. No. Really? You weren't, like, in tune with, like, current events and the news at all? Like, permeating? Bro, I grew up in Aventura, Florida. There's never been a bomb in Aventura, Florida. God forbid. Because <laughs> um, I do. So I remember, like, this around around the time, you figure we were in third, fourth, fifth grade around this time period. Um, I remember, like, this and, like, the Oklahoma City bombing and, like, Nancy Kerrigan. Like, like every year I felt like there was, like, a big news story, you know. And this, like, was the big one in 96 because, I mean, the Olympics back then, like, the Olympics now, like, no one, like, gives a fuck. I didn't really watch the Summer Olympics. It was more so winter. I would wa- I, I would always watch more so the summer because of, like, basketball. And also I felt like, like... Winter Olympics back then, the focus was on, like, hockey and, like, figure skating. Yeah, which wasn't I, I would thing. watch, like, the figure for skating. Me, yeah, for me, it would be, like, basketball, boxing. Well, uh, I would watch the gymnastics. You know, track and field, stuff like that. I watched the gymnastics a lot, but no. And, and it's also probably because I have a terrible memory, but yeah. I don't think that we ever really touched on, okay. on this. Um, so, of course, it's a movie that, that Clint Eastwood makes. Uh just his overall thoughts of the movie. What did you think? Well, I, I didn't know. Like I, do, I probably know it happened, but I don't remember yeah. that it happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a secret on the show that I'm not like super into like, especially like recent American history, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. Like, like, like twenty five years, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's like more recent history. modern American history. modern yeah. American history. Yeah, like. You know, I, I think I know a little bit more about, like, uh, like early American history. Sure, when like, your people ruled us, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, and, like, that's kind of more what you learn in school. Like, you you learn about the revolution, of course, the well, Civil War. Our perspective is that. always going to be different because we were, were learning about things. We were learning about history. We were living right. this. So now, right. so now this, is, this, is gonna be in a, this isn't going to be in a textbook that Jillian is going over, but it was, it was a yeah. tabloid mainstream story. Sure, I also didn't read the tabloids. I read for, actual... I did. My grandmother and my mother, had, like, no, every no. week would go and get Star, Globe, yeah, no. like, all that crap. So no, I saw it all the time. No, stay away from a lot of that, but, um, so, look, it's fine. It's fine. It's I a like fine that, movie. I think... I liked it more than I was expecting to. Because it's a Clint Eastwood movie. No, no, actually... That's why I actually, liked it Actually, in more. the face of it. In the face of it, I liked it. No, 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 I'm saying, I was not expecting to like it because it's a Clint Eastwood oh, movie. Got it. But I did like it even though it was a Clint so Eastwood movie. So Clint Eastwood... I'll say... I'm surprised he wasn't in the movie. I'll also say is... Was he in the movie? No, no. Yeah, he was a corpse. Uh... <laughs> I will say is, but I more so mean was, a great filmmaker. Unforgiven is one of the greatest westerns ever made. I've never seen it. Million Dollar Baby, for all its flaws, is still a great movie. He's made good films. American Sniper was somehow the highest grossing movie the year it came out. People just wanted a war movie, baby. He has a reputation now. Why aren't you talking about Gran Torino? That's probably his Gran Torino is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life and one of the best film-going experiences of my entire life as well. Um, he has a reputation now for being just like this machine in that he makes a movie very quickly because 
He's will do one take usually, maybe two. Uh, he keeps everything simplistic in terms of camera and style. It's just moving on, uh, which you very much see in this movie. That's how we yeah. can do things like this and the mule and uh, hit that baseball movie and well, the and movie, the like the the, the military train stabbing movie where you got the real guys. Um, oh, like yeah, he's that's done, right. he's done like well, a lot of I stuff like that, that, especially yeah. over the past ten years when he's like in his late eighties, early nineties. God bless him for God still bless working, him, but but he also makes movies that are paper thin in terms of what hidden messaging he has. Which in this movie, it's man, aren't the media and the government just the worst? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, well, I think it's appropriate though because I think it's not it's not. A wrong message for for the story. Ha- Absolutely for the not. story. You know what I mean? I think I think we'll, we'll he finds it. stories that fit that agenda that he's trying to push yes. because it makes sense. Like in terms of, uh, he doesn't yes. he doesn't have to like uh, inflate anything. Oh really no, no, no. That, that's very much the problem. With this movie is to, that they sensationalize and inflated way too much. Where the point of it was they kind of got in trouble and got sued because there are characters in this that are basically, like, de- de- defamatory. Like... Well, f- f- fuck me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Which we'll get into, and you'll know exactly what I mean. No, no, we'll no I already do. Yeah, I mean, you can tell just by watching the movie. Like, but it's, there's it, no way that person's a, not a, a real person. That's a caricature. But it's also because it's a 90-year-old dirty grandpa making the movie sure. as well. I think that probably has some overture, yeah. right? Um, but I think, I think you're right. Like that, but that's Clint Eastwood's style. But I think it's appropriate for the movies that he makes. Like, sure. It, it fits somehow. I'm not like, watching a Clint Eastwood movie expecting like, like fucking I, tracking like, shots like, and one takes. And lens flares like it's a J.J. Abrams <laughs> so, film or something. So, like, here, so here's the epitome of it, right? So I wrote two things specifically. I was like, Fuck, this is a Clint Eastwood movie. He's such a frustrating director at this stage in his life. Because, number one, like, even in the movie, they, they could have named it, like, Centennial Park. And, like, no, it's just Richard Jewell. Like, it's just to the point, the name. But it's funny you mentioned, like, the lens flare of, like, a stylistic thing. To, like, I, I, you say that, and you mean you think J.J. Abrams, right? Immediately. So, for him, like, there's these just, like, these instances of, like, you didn't take any time to fix that. There's a scene in the movie where Olivia Wilde's character in, like, the newsroom are, like, talking to the boss about running this story mm. and, like, pitching their case to it. And so it's a, ba- it's a back and forth, you know, basically it's, like, a single camera, like, it's on the boss, it's on Olivia Wilde, on the boss, on Olivia Wilde. And it's when it's on Olivia Wilde, like, she's facing a window with blinds. And the sun is coming in through the blinds, and on Olivia Wilde's face is just rectangle of light, Blind, rectangle of light, blind. It's like that. You shouldn't have that in a movie. <laughs> like you should probably like have a like a, a balance or some kind of light to counteract that. But Clint probably just saw it as like moving on. <laughs> it just kept we going. Got, we got the shot. It lunch is time. Uh, it's the Undertaker. <laughs> uh, and it was just like. What the fuck? Same thing with the bar. Like, when her and John Hamm are talking in the bar, like, fix it! Like, it just looks like shit! Like, I can do something better. Where the movie soars is in, like, the performances and, like, the story, like, like the, the storytelling itself of, 
like this crazy like real life story of this hero who was just literally raked through the coals for like three months to made to be like this public enemy number one pariah and he did nothing wrong and to this day if people probably know about the story of the olympic bombing and you ask them like who did it's like oh was that fat security guy right like like the story of like he did it was such a big thing to where like and even the movie like basically barely addresses it it's like oh yeah he didn't, he didn't do it it was like kind of under the rug like back page news but that's what that's how it actually that's, was i know that, that was actually true to life and that stinks but that and that does show the power of the media i mean i did enjoy that i know you're like he's pushing his agenda but i don't necessarily disagree with it in this case i the don't media does sometimes sensationalize things so much that things like that happen things get out of control and it's something like that. I mean, we've seen it, and we've seen that in, in a lot of other media, right? And it's funny because, like, this movie, this is a medium as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We've seen it in, like, television mediums and things like that, but the the media does do that, and they're... Well, of course it does. And, and you said before, when I, when I said that the review was from Fox TV, you're like, it could have been Fox News, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess that I just... stigma is not undeserved. I guess I just don't like the fact that he has no subtlety with what he's trying to do. So like every time, and again, this happened. I get that it happened. Maybe this is the case of I'm kind of a double-edged sword here of like I've complained about biopics for so long since sensationalizing things, which this movie does very much with the Olivia Wilde character and the John Hamm FBI character of like basically making that to be like the worst fucking people when like that didn't happen to the extent it was. And honestly, that woman ended up like having like a downward spiral over what she did. And then 15 years later, after she's already dead, she gets fucking vilified all over again. Um, but like that part I don't like, but then also I didn't like like every single time like he's going back and forth like to his house or anywhere, like the media just that that repetitious like, did you do it? What are you doing? Who are you, the lawyer? Like, like yeah, the media does that, and the media sucks. And in that regard of like the invasion of privacy and the bombardment, but it was focused on so much on this that it felt like a fucking political agenda. And it's like, why don't we just tell like more of the story that I'm intrigued about? which is this character's background. I wanted more of Sam Rockwell. Like, it, it just was unbalanced because it's fucking Clint Eastwood. That said, like I said at the top, I kind of dug it. Like, I, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it was fine. Like, it's, I don't think it's, it's oddly very watchable. I didn't want to see this when it came out. Oh, like, sure. Oh, like that was my initial reaction. And I didn't want to watch it for the podcast yeah. I, because of that. But I think you're right. Like it's watchable. And I think it's because of some of the casting that was sure. done. Um, and it's a very interesting story of like learning more about it. The, the stuff I liked was, I mean, obviously Richard Jewell as a character, but also his relationship with both his mom, which you don't get enough of, I feel like. Um, yeah. 
but also with Watson Bryant, the Sam Rockwell attorney character, like all those scenes, I fucking dug the shit out of. There's like three or four like borderline great scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. particularly the uh, the scene where uh, he finally gets Richard angry and like gets him to like kind of fight back because the whole time and very much in real life, Richard Jewell is this aloof, subservient simpleton to authority because yeah. he all the thing he wants to do is enforce the law. He's always wanted to be a police officer right. and every single he time he's got that it. Authority. Yeah, he, he respects authority, period. And that's how the movie sets up like him basically being like a male guy and, you know, everyone making fun of him and treating him underneath him and the first person that does it, you know, he finds some attachment to and, you know, and has a friend. Um and it's and then, you know, he he goes on this path of just one, do the right thing, but probably like doing the wrong thing or going, it, going a going step too far. Too mu- right, right. Full kill. Like going innocently full tilt on yes, it. Yes, exactly. Like, but not like knowing what his not, lane should right. be. He, not malicious. Yeah, not malicious at all. Not anything it, like that. It kind but... of borders on like a comedy character, especially like early, really. You're just like. Like, I could close my eyes honestly. It's like Chris Farley being this character. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the movie does have a lot of, like, a lot more comedy than I was anticipating. A lot of it is intentional. There's some other that's, like, not intentional. Like, anytime someone's crying over what Tom Brokaw's saying, I'm going to laugh at. You know what I mean? Like, that's just stupid. Like, who the fuck cares what Tom Brokaw has to say? Well, that that woman obviously did, like, like... You know, that older generation. Why Tom Brokaw turn on us? Yeah. Then there's like the tackling like the homosexuality stuff, uh, because the yeah, FBI is just grasping interest. Sure. No, I but You know, like like I think it was appropriate for its time, but and I think that the caricature of Richard Jewell what was I mean, I didn't know the guy, so I can't really tell you how accurate it was, it, but I it think definitely it, get, it definitely gets better as the movie goes but, along. And, but I got it. Like I got like that. He was like that outsider, mm-hmm. like that loner kind of thing, and you know. So, so I mean, I got it. I didn't. I didn't hate the portrayal. Oh no, no! Like um, I, I think it. I think it was incredibly true to the character, and not to tip our hat to MVP and LVP, but I think a lot of that goes to the fact of how fucking amazing Paul Walter Hauser was in this movie. I thought he was spectacular. I think it was spot on. Like, and I couldn't brief... really tell the difference because they showed the actual interview part. Oh, yeah. You watch a Richard Jewell clip like, or I video. He also was famously on SNL after he was exonerated. He did a weekend update bit. Um, I think it was Norm's there, which makes perfect sense. Um, where, like, he came on and was, like, he wanted to, like, clear the air. He also wasn't like, behind the Lindbergh baby, and he wasn't behind, like, a couple other, like, famous things, right? Sure, that's Just, cool. like, gave him, like, a, and he was very much, like, like, honestly, I would, I will never see, if I ever see a Richard Jewell interview ever again, which I don't know the fuck I would, I'm just gonna see Paul Walter Hauser, because that's that fucking guy. Yeah. You believe it so much from just the way that he's built it from the ground up. Yeah, but... And then it's funny to think about what this almost was. Did you see the, 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 the original cast for this? No. So originally, and there's some clues because the two of them still produced the movie. They they eventually had to bow out, I think, to, due to other projects. But one had already worked with Clint before, and the other one really wanted to. So the Sam Rockwell character was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, boy. Which would have been fucking terrible. Like, that's oh, not that character at all. That's not. And then Richard Jewell was going to be Jonah Hill. Which I can see visually, probably... 
But then, I, like, all the unintentional comedy would have been intentional comedy, and all the intentional comedy would have been, like, almost insufferable. Yeah. It yeah. would just not have worked in fit. You I, needed an unknown like this to you, just fucking take it. You really did, it. and especially because of, you know, the quirks of the character. And I know people like that. Oh, like sure. That, you know, like oh, that yeah. kind of kind of weird, aloof kind of thing. You know, like, I don't know. I thought I thought the portrayal was really well done. And yeah. Going in, yeah. I, there's, there, like I said, there's some solid-ass scenes. I love the scene where he stands up for himself. I also love the end of the movie when... Um, he's in the interview and he kind of drops the dick on John Hamm and the FBI about like, you don't have any evidence, which I was waiting for this whole time. Like the movie really just kind of like, like, like craze is over. Like the actual investigation, like they're just going based off the fact that he found it first and his past, they have not like a shred of evidence at all. And like, right. That's the whole point. Oh, I know. But like, I, I wish they would. Almost, like, had, like, delved a little deeper into, like, besides just the profile stuff. Because the only... Then on the flip side of it, like, the only thing they had, like, to prove his case was the the payphone thing. Um, Which gets figured out, like, very early. And then it takes an hour for it to, like, fucking stick. Um, But, like, his interview... Which is exactly the point. Oh, my God. Raking over the fucking coals. No, not raking over the coals. I like I, I understand I agree with you but I think that it was all purposefully done see I don't <laughs> because I just I honestly feel like it was just I take Clint Eastwood films with a grain of salt at this stage and I just take it as like well they probably are just like well people will figure it out okay. and then they go from there but the, the final interview and then also his breakdown once he's exonerated oh, yeah. at the the lunch with uh, Sam Rockwell's character was just like fucking great. It was really it was just well done. So well done. Um, I the actual like bomb scene itself, I thought was also very very good. Of him, you know, making the perimeter, finding out that it's legit, and then like you know the closest thing you can get to any sort of style or, or artistic creativity in this movie is that scene of you know the bomb going off and the reaction to it. Yeah. And, you know, seeing like the, like the essentially the sole victim. There was one person I believe that also perished. Because they were fleeing, um, not necessarily from the blast itself, so that's good. And there, there is a couple other moments. So, like when they're um, when they're investigating uh, the call, when um, Sam Rockwell and Nadia are investigating the call, mm-hmm. and they're walking to the phone, and they they juxtapose that with the the Michael Johnson race of yeah. becoming like I like that as well. Yeah, that was really good. Um, but then, like as soon as that stuff like happens, then there's things I don't like. So like. The movie's odd with, like, they had a Bryant Gumble impersonator for no reason. <laughs> like, they couldn't get the real, the real I guess. The real I, I don't know. That was that was weird. Um, I didn't like, uh, like I said, there's probably too much comedy, even though I got to chuckle at, like, a lot of it. Yeah. There's just too much comedy in it. Um, but the biggest, it, what what is the thing you liked about the movie the least? I'm, I'm guessing it's the same exact thing I liked about the movie the least. Um, I, well, I don't know if it's, like, fair to say, like, the speech that Bobby gives. Oh, okay, interesting. That was not what I was going to say, but. Well, not necessarily the speech, but, like, the reaction to it, so the reporter, Kate, um, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 
her whole arc, I was like... That's what I was getting at. Is I didn't need that shit. She's this slutty woman who... And I'm sure that's not true because... Well, that's that that was the biggest problem. Not, I know, that. like, that's, like, the biggest thing. But, you know, like, she's, like, this rough around the edges. Like, let's go get a drink. I can keep up with you. She's flicking everybody off. And then she's sexual favors for for information, which is... They didn't teach that in any of the journalism classes I attended. So. Me either. I mean, we're in Bernstein right now. They taught me that. Wait, you mean, wait, hold on. You mean, like, I'll get, like, the front page if I have to, like, suck a dick? Sucking all the dick. Please. I'll be man walks on moon by tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, so then, but then they try to make her sympathetic towards the end. With, because she tears up once. Right, because she tears up Because she figures out, oh, he couldn't have done it because she, like, Fact checks, essentially, which she should have done from the first place. Otherwise, she would have gone 50 points off. Failed that assignment. Failed that assignment. Yeah, um, the Kathy Scruggs character. But yeah, so I, I didn't get, I didn't like how they had the, the mother's emotional speech. I felt like that kind of took away from it with her, like, crying and th- so, then nothing else. So I do remember that press conference. I do remember being a moment. So it made sense to include it. I, I have no idea why Kathy Bates got nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. I don't think she was bad at all. I don't think she was bad at all, but I've seen her do better. I, I've seen her do better in like fucking The Water Boy. Titania, the Water Boy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like it is like mind blowing to me that like that part got a nomination where like Paul Walter Hauser or Sam Rockwell did not. Like she's the only thing that got nominated in That's the movie. Insane. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up. Real I love quick. Kathy Bates. Oh, so but, I th- she's but, great. I think she's still good in the movie. Sure, sure. Yeah, but so gonna, I think she was fine. I think anyone could have done that role because it was just the mother crying most of the time. My mother could have done that role. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to be the one to say oh, that. I, I was. 100%. But I was thinking that the entire time. So so, so she lost the war Because your mom during... also would have cried if Tom Brokaw said something bad about you. <laughs> Just punch Peter Jennings in the mouth. Um, best supporting actress. Uh, so Laura Dern won that year for Marriage Story. The other nominees were Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh and Little Women, and Margot Robbie and Bombshell. All movies I've not seen. This was right before I started like watching all the Oscar movies. But like I'm gonna quickly look at the other awards. So you have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So another Margot Robbie potentially. There's nobody female in The Irishman that was worth a fucking damn. Uh, a couple. I mean, this is the Parasite year. So it was admittedly a weak year for Best Supporting Actress. The actress category, I rest my case, Renee Zellweger and Judy won. So it was a weak year for actresses to begin with. Um, But you look at the Best Actor, and I'm like, okay, I guess I see why he didn't win, because this was Joaquin Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, and then Jonathan Price and Antonio Banderas. Okay, you could probably make, you know, a case against, you know, one of those for, for him instead. But it's just... Mind blowing. No, what I was gonna say was anything John Hamm and Olivia Wilde. I'm just like, this is wretched. It's. I hope John Hamm bought a real nice boat with this money he got from this movie, because he is just going through the motions 100. percent I mean, I think it's really to be fair to John Hamm. I think. I mean, he's still good, but it's, I think it's really difficult to be a character like epitomize a character like you are this person yeah and then move on to something else and and not be like pigeonhole not be pigeonheld 
and not be like, n not be able to live up to it. Because I think we've talked about it before. Mad Men's one of our favorite. It's my favorite show of all time. Yeah. It's your favorite show of all time. It's one yes. of my favorite shows. And I think John Hamm does an amazing job throughout yes. the series. And there's a lot of range that's shown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anything that he's really followed up with hasn't been outstanding. It's just been, okay, I, great. I would disagree. I mean, well, okay, also, tell me. He, well, he's, he's done a How lot of stuff he we haven't me? seen. Well, that was when the show was going on, so you're terrible with your timeline. Well, yeah, I don't know um, any of that. He's a fantastic supporting comedy actor, and I want to see him in more of that. He For is. serious stuff, I mean... It's I, hard it's to be a, serious when you're not being Don Draper. Yeah. It, honestly, I mean, it's hard. Every time I, I see... Like him as every, in comedies. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, every time I see the Top Gun Maverick preview, I'm just like, that's just Don Draper in the uh, In the Air military. Force. Right, right. So, so... You know, to be fair, and I think the same thing about, as well, about, like, uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and Rupert Grint. It's the Grimm. typecasting It's thing. the typecasting thing, but it's also because it's so iconic. Of course. I go, always go back to the story of, I forget, what well, I was watching, like, like a E! True Hollywood story on, like, Married with Children or something. And how yeah, Ed O'Neill exactly. struggled for 20 years. Like, he 20 would do years. a serious movie... And, like, it'd be revealed it was him as the character. And people start laughing because I'm like, that's Al Bundy. Right. And it took him until Modern Family, another comedy, to kind of get over the stigma of, like, who you are. I mean, it's happened. I mean, yeah. fucking. If he, if Jaleel White is walking down the street and no one goes, hey, Jaleel. And people are going, yo, Urkel. Like, he's right. Urkel forever. Right. There, there are certain people who can break out of that kind of, like, Will Smith, right? Sure. He, mm, I don't know if I should say his name on the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, right? For example, like he did. I got lightheaded doing that. Part. <laughs> no wonder he smacked Chris Rock. He was upset. But, he, but you know, like he, he kind of like broke through that wall. I would say, like in a way, like Jennifer Lawrence kind of broke through that wall because she kind of got her start as this iconic, like. You know, Katniss Everdeen. It's and, easier. See, that's totally different because that is a blockbuster billion dollar franchise. Whereas Mad Men, despite all the Emmys ones, it is a television show that a couple million people watch. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, it's different. It's same thing with, like, Married with Children or Family. I was like, still, TV and movies is different. When you're, I feel like TV, when you're pigeonholed to something, it's because people are seeing it a couple hundred times or every week. As a movie, because you're seeing it for two hours and then you're leaving it and going away, it still happens with like. Okay, I think that's fair. It still happens with like pop fair. culture characters, but with television, it's just, it's just a different. I think that's it's fair. just a different I think breed. That's fair. But and all that to say that. All, all that to say is, I, I don't have that problem with with him being him in this movie. It's just the material they have is just so untrue, and also like, it's it's a caricature. Like yeah. she entered, so and so, I don't think that they have very good chemistry. Well, don't think, negative chemistry. I don't think that he had good chemistry actually with anyone in this movie except yeah. Sam Rockwell. I thought that oh, they, they were great. They were great. They were great together. Yeah, they were very good. But I don't think he had good chemistry with anyone else. He, he's not my big problem. It's Olivia Wilde character, and I really have to figure out if it's the character or her performance. Once we get to LVP or if here it's in a couple her minutes, as a person. or if it's oh, whoa, well. That's an oh no, that's the Jason Sudeikis side. There's a whole like yeah, overall Jason Sudeikis story that we won't get into. That's why I but um it. like that her character is introduced maybe. within like 45 seconds, like 
cursing and talking about she's going to get her tits done and like I have to find a story and I'm just like this human being does not exist like <laughs> like I'm not saying like this individual person I'm talking about even if you just like wrote a character down that character does not exist in the world that reporter that's laying down on the back of a car and like popping up like fucking yeah, David that's Pumpkins is <laughs> not could you imagine if David Pumpkins was the fucking reporter? I want David Pumpkins in every true crime movie for the rest of my life. Just oh, like, it'd be, fucking, it'd be fucking great. But, check. like, everything about her is just unrealistic. And she was like a female reporter mixoplick. It was obnoxious <laughs> and fucking stupid. And I hated it. Um, so it just it turned me off to a lot of the movie because then it would, it would sandwich a lot of shit. Like when the, when the, the story turns against Richard Jewell, it's like really sudden and sad. And it's like, damn, you know, he was excited about getting a book deal and being on television and his mom was proud of him and he wanted to go back to work even though he wasn't feeling well. And the next thing you know, like he gets the gravity of the situation and calls like the one friend in the world that he has. That's but then so it's followed up with like John Hamm giving a fucking rub and tug, basically in the middle of a shitty bar. It just it, it stands to show like this movie falling back on exactly the negative tropes that I knew it was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do want to discuss real quick before we get into MVP and LVP um, uh, is how much if I had to make a list of like the top ten fly on the wall or fly on the set movie things ever like that list would probably be like oh man like you know the first day Heath Ledger stepped on set as a Joker fucking you know like watching like Michael J. Fox on like the hoverboard uh, on that list now is is 100% Clint Eastwood having to direct that Macarena scene is <laughs> like so it's 1996, and they're trying to show you like the revelry of the Olympics, right? So the first day in Centennial Park, it's Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Rogers. Oh yeah, you're right, man. This part was written for, for your my mom. mother. Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, my mom would fuck Kenny Rogers tomorrow, and he's been dead for five years. Um, <laughs> I think I don't know ballpark it. I also love this ballpark podcast. when she'd fuck him, or ballpark how long he's been dead. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I love this movie. This podcast is starting with the gambler and ending with the Macarena. <laughs> um, so like random Kenny Rogers, great, and then and then like of course like it ends with like the most nineteen ninety six thing ever, which was the Macarena, which was like you summarize the year nineteen ninety six. It's Richard Jewell and the Macarena. But just thinking of Clint Eastwood, like. Like being behind a camera lens and like showing people how unquote, he wants oh, to no, do he, it. He can't move his arms that high. <laughs> but like directing John Hamm and Olivia Wilde how to like flirt with each other as the Macarena's going on. And then this camera over here. Get these people doing the Macarena. It's just like it's so fucking funny to me. <laughs> and I wanna have it happen yeah. in my life. So time travel works so I can watch Clint Eastwood direct the Macarena. Um Yeah, it's also another scene that I hated that involved like the news of it all is like really the, the turning point of her character, if you can call it that, because she gets very little time once she realizes she's wrong, uh, wrong is like the sensationalized newsroom scene where they burst in and they confront her and like want a retraction. Cause he passed the polygraph test and all this stuff. And like, she's still combative at it. And then the next thing you know, she's doing the phone walk as well. And she's like, he couldn't have done it. 
And then it goes right into the, the press conference where she's crying, and in the back she's, like, tearing up, and it's just like, this character was a monster 15 minutes ago. Right. And now I'm supposed to have sympathy? It's, and- right. It's a, it, right. It didn't give enough time or show enough. Like, it wanted to get it out there that... She's this bad. This is a bad guy. This is the bad guy of the story. And I, and I felt like they felt... I felt like they felt that they were in the clear because they showed her, like, with that little bit of, like, teared-up sympathy. Right. She doesn't get any... Pl- like, so the end of the movie is is Sam Rockwell coming to Richard Jewell, who's now a police officer, telling him they caught Eric Rudolph and, and you know, that closure. And then you get the title cards of, like, Richard Jewell, unfortunately, died of diabetes in 07. Uh, Watson and Nadia get married, and Bobby Jewell still, you know, babysits their kids every Saturday night, which is just bad parenting. Every Saturday night, that's ridiculous. Um, but, like, you don't get a thing of, like, <laughs> Kathy Struggs died of a drug overdose in, like, 2010. And I'm like, okay, right. did they leave that out so they didn't, like, make it seem like they were being dicks? Or is she not important? And I think, I think it's that's a combination what, of both. That's what a lot of people's problem was that the character was, like, so almost, like, slanderous. No matter what they did wrong, you don't make it worse by having her be, you know... Be a caricature of be, herself, exactly. Be uh, a sexual favors-driven monster. It just it rubbed me off to it. That said... I think Olivia Wilde was terrible in what she, like, if, I, I think she took it to a degree where, like, you couldn't have even have argued for it just from the way she portrayed it, so she'd be my LVP. I wouldn't disagree, except, who the fuck was the other guy that they brought in that they said was his boyfriend? Oh, uh. Like, who, no, but, like, legit, like, who the fuck was that? Oh, Where the fuck did he come from? Right? Like, he just appeared. Like, I thought this guy was supposed to have no Dave friends. Dave Duchess. Which, to be fair, and I don't mean this in any negative way whatsoever, that kind of sounds like the name of a gay man. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but, if I were to go to, like, the watering hole, I'm like, hey, what's your name? I'm Dave Duchess. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. But, but you know what go, I mean? Go, like, go, go, go for it, boy. Where did he come from, though? Like, yeah, like. I don't know. That's all no I wanted idea. to say. I have no idea. But he was so inconsequential, I would agree. Olivia Wilde's the yeah. LVP. And like, John, I, I refuse to make John Hamm the LVP unless he's very egregiously bad. I think he was just very monotone throughout this. I also wasn't a big fan of uh, Nadia, the secretary. I loved her. She grew on me. At first, I thought she did a great job. At first, it was because... what they gave her. Well, because at first, it was blatant that that wasn't her accent. And I was just like, oh boy, this is gonna be bad throughout the rest of the movie. And then she got endearing, and then you saw like her and how Sam Rockwell acted together, so I, I appreciated it. But um, yeah, it is Olivia Wilde as our LVP. MVP. I already stuck my fucking flag in the ground. I, I think, know, but we've uh, been talking a lot about Sam Rockwell I, without talking about his performance. He's and a I, solid number two. I disagree. He's a solid I number two. I think he is fantastic. Oh, I think I, he's fantastic too. I, I think that he made the movie for me with the way Ooh. that he interacted with everyone. He's just rock solid. He's, he's always rock solid, though. Okay, but you, but why would you hold that against him? Just because he's always rock solid doesn't mean he's not the best part of a movie. I do not think he was the best part of this movie. The best part of this movie was Paul Walter Hauser formulating one of the, like, I don't say this lightly, one of the best, like, biopic performances I've ever seen in terms of believability as to what I'm watching as the actual person. 
That's that's my claim. That Sam Rockwell was always good, but he's just he's fucking Sam Rockwell and everything. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think so. I think that he wasn't. I mean, I guess he was. He was just wearing shorts the whole time. <laughs> but I feel like that's what you would do if you were a lawyer. You would only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have my commercials. Chris Miller, lawyer with shorts. No, but you'd wear pants at like the important things. Like the... <laughs> Chris Bullitt, lawyer who wears pants and important things. Um, I, I Sam Rockwell was great. I, I thought he was great. I really. I don't think his he's the most valuable piece he, of the movie. I I don't think anyone else could have done that Watson character like he did. Name three other fucking fat motherfuckers that are being Richard Jewell. I can't. Why? You don't want to edit. <laughs> I really don't. Text me right now so I can laugh about it all over again. I think I know who you're talking about, but this will be fun for just for us. Um, I also have a joke answer that I almost want to say right now anyway, just for shits and giggles. Fine, I'll say it. I don't give a fuck. Uh, Scott Arell's ex-girlfriend with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly here too. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He's too smart. <laughs> this is a compliment. Um... Yeah, I just... Okay, alright, I'll give it to you. There is not a scene in the movie that Sam Rockwell has that is equally effective as those four scenes I talked about earlier. The the lunch scene, the interview scene, the him getting mad scene, and even, like, a, a scene earlier on. Like, I even love the fucking scene where he's um, getting fired by the dean and, like, how he's, like, bringing the pad out and showing them he wrote down his own words and, like, like yeah. having his case, I, I, I thought he was an absolute sensation. Um, Sam Rockwell is going to get this at some point. So I, I, I don't want to make it a thing where it's, like, you give it, for, you know, it's a makeup because then we just turn it into the fucking Oscars. But in this particular movie, this movie is not as good without that lead performance. So that's 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 my case, and I'm sticking to it. Have I worn you down? Yes, I already said good. you did. So mark Sam Rockwell down for, should have been LV, MVP later on, but Paul Walter Hauser is the MVP of Richard Jewell. Now, unfortunately, now that I've already won, I should say that I believe he did end up being kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I, I remember there was some controversy a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, I should say, where he was like, like on social media complaining about something bad. Uh, it was a Twitter rant about, uh, what was it? Um, hold on, I'm gonna find it. I have to say it just so I'm clear. Oh, Oscar predictions, because I think he was talking about, um. Oh, about like mainstream movies versus independent movies. And the twinge of it was kind of like offensive towards like foreign films and like also like black cinema as well, sure. of course. But he's like fucking working. He was in Defy Bloods. Uh, he was in Cruella. I believe he's a reoccurring character on Cobra Kai. Like he's getting fucking work. He's also a huge wrestling fan as well. I've oh, seen, really? I believe he's on like a wrestling podcast regularly. I don't oh. listen to those anymore. Um, All right, but, uh, but yeah, uh, but Sam Rockwell is very good in this movie. Kathy Bates is also good in this movie. Um, let me tackle everyone on the front of the box. Yeah, we tackle everyone on the front of the box. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good acting movie. It's not, it's, that's bad English, but that's, I feel like more appropriate here 
for Richard Jewell. Absolutely. Um, what else? I think we covered everything. Um, yeah, we, we tackled the fuck out of it. Oh. <laughs> what? I, I like the nickname. Radar? The nickname mm-hmm. bit, Radar. Yeah. And the very first thing, because it was like one of the first scenes in the movie, and the very first thing that I did was turn to you and say, I thought he was going to call him Radon, and I about lost my shit. <laughs> I about lost it. We have a friend whose nickname is Radon. See, I we thought... an acquaintance. See, I thought he was calling him Retard. And I was like, oh, God, this is the first four minutes of the movie? This is not what I thought. Jesus Christ. Like, I get you... Sn- the Clint Eastwood movie. Like, I get you Snickers and you play arcade games with him and you already call him the R-word. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, Richard Jewell and Radon are two completely different people. Completely. Completely different people. Even though I do believe he did have a shitty mustache at one point. Um, you still ducking me right on. I know you're not listening to this, but one day we're going to battle rap again and I'm going to end your life <laughs> with my words. With words. Uh, what else? That's it. That's all I got. That's I think. all I got That's as well. Got. Let's score it. Um, so this was a random, we didn't say this was a random drawn movie. So um, we already have pre-drawn our next random movie, which we'll get to here in a second. But I drew it, which means you score it first. I mean, it... it, it it was better than what I expected it to be, like like we mentioned before. Um, you know, liked liked a lot of the acting and stuff. Um, it was fine for me. I, I I don't think I ever have to see this movie again. Um, but I, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. What? Why? How are you going so much higher than when I was going to go? Really? And I feel like I liked it so much more. See, I disagree. Like, if this movie was on TV, I'd stop and watch, depending on what scene it but was. But you're not going to give it at least a seven and a half? That's no. Ridiculous. No. No. Your scores have been weird lately. Really? I don't think so because I... You've swayed me, actually. You've made me place my scores a lot higher than... Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach into this box of all of our movies that we've watched over the past eight years. I'm going to just randomly grab one. I know, but I just... I, I've been... I, because You gave Cedar Rapids a seven. Is you, this movie better than Cedar Rapids? Well, because of the way that you talk about it. You talk about the performances. Yeah, I'm great and, at what and, I do. Right, and so it's swayed me. I originally was only going to give it a six and a half, but you swayed me up to a seven This and movie a is a half point better than both Gremlins movies to you. Well, I think... This is a point and a half better than 2001 A Space Odyssey. Chris, I think that it's not fair to judge them like that because... Fine, I'm just being a prick. You're such an asshole. So I do think it's going to be oddly rewatchable, and I do like a lot of the performance. I think the story that tells is very, very good. But as a film, it's, it has the problems I outlaid. It's, it's pitifully directed. It is It has... One of the worst B plot character duos ever. That's offensive, um, but the strength of the better scenes and the two main performances led me to give it a six and a half. That's the original. What I was going to give it. Why do you have to talk so much? What? <laughs> because I'm good at what I do. I'm very convincing. I should have been a lawyer. Uh, so a seven. Yeah, you would have worn shorts. <laughs> but the pants when I got serious. So a seven for Richard Jewell, which is a <laughs> shocker when, when we were going to watch this, when we drew this uh, many moons ago. Uh, so next week, I don't know what next week's episode is going to be. We have a plan in place, but with my mother being here this weekend and staying basically through like Tuesday. Oh, I guess we could still do 
It also depends because next week's episode is supposed to be Sing 2, which, of course, we're going to watch with Jillian. I just don't know if we're going to have the time to, like, watch it with her and record and do everything. Is Jillian going to be on the podcast again? No, absolutely not. Oh, she'd Uh, like to. She also called it a passport the other day. (laughs) She's like, are you guys going to do your passport? (laughs) And I was like, you're too fucking cute. (laughs) It took her five minutes to say the word probably earlier today. What an idiot. Oh, my God. It was so cute. God, I love five-year-olds. They're dumb as hell. (laughs) But she's a genius. Yeah, she's a genius. Yeah. She, she just gave the word probably, but you couldn't read the word. Uh, you couldn't say a word without stuttering earlier, so fuck you. Um, sorry, the Golden State who now? Warriors. I'm sorry, what? Warriors. <laughs> sorry? Warriors. Say it again? Warriors. <laughs> um, so we have Parasite coming down the track. Huh? We have Drive coming down the track. Uh, but the movie that we drew before we packed all of our movies away for a random movie, I love that we're in the middle of, of moving and all this stress and we have like such a heavy slate coming up. It's only exacerbated by watching The Revenant for the first time. So The Revenant, I might have already announced this, I don't remember. Uh, so over the next four weeks, we have Sing 2, Parasite, The Revenant, and Drive. Unless next week we do the same thing we did with Sonic, and we just find a nice family movie for all of us to watch at some point this weekend to then do instead. So bear with us. In this crazy time, as we are in the process of moving, we just do Sing Two a couple of times. No, well, the thing is, the thing I'm balking about doing Sing Two is we just saw that with my mom in theaters like a couple like months ago when it actually came out. So maybe we can watch something that you know we all haven't seen, or at least we haven't seen in a while, and then do for the podcast, and we can get back to everything else. Gives us an extra week buffer, so we'll see. It's going to be a surprise next week. It could be. I, I really don't want to watch Parasite with my mother because I also I. I don't want to have to hear about her reading a movie for two hours. I, it's bad enough when I have to do it with you. I have a She'll make me put the subtitles on. I already did we it for Squid Game. Do I do it, it again. We've done it the last couple movies. Well, because you, ha- you have to for Parasite. Well, um, we could just watch it in... And I don't want to watch a movie where Leonardo DiCaprio gets butt-fucked by a bear with my mother. I didn't know that happened in the movie. I'm just guessing, guessing it happens. I think it happens. Um, well, now I'm going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. We'll figure it out when it comes. I'll just act it out. I don't fucking know. We've had weird years with bears on this podcast. We already saw a man get burned alive in the middle of one. And now we're going to have Leonardo DiCaprio get, like, almost killed by one, I think. Stop spoiling the fucking movies! It's the sled. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, go to... uh, Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Let's just think of the show. Patreon.com slash Audio for bonus content. Um, there I say rate, review, and subscribe. Man, these plugs have been all over the place. Because you're, <laughs> you're also you're digging into your fucking eyes you're like terrible. you're going to rip your face off. My eyes are hurting. They're itchy. Uh, at your own small 30 out of Instagram for you. At Jam with your Sam. And then for me, my retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle, where this week's episode is SummerSlam 1996. Oh my God, you're just in summer of 1996? August 1996, yes ma'am. Uh, maybe the worst SummerSlam ever that I've seen so far. So, yeah, read about that fucking shit. It's not as good as Richard Jewell. <laughs> Put it that way. Oh, boy. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I was confused. I, was, I had text messages. I have a text message and I can't find the text message. Oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, it's you. <laughs> with the person. <laughs> I am not trying to do that.
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.